Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, y'all. So before we kick off this chat, you know I love to give you headphone warnings if required. So this particular chat has a teeny bit of spicy language, but it is well used and it is so, so good, but it may not be great for the kiddos. So grab those headphones just to make sure that we're all set. Hey, friend, it's Nicole, host of the Nicole Walters podcast. Here's where we laugh, we cry, and we grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Let's get started. Friends, so you know that typically for our chats, it's just me and it's you cooking dinner, hanging out in your kitchen, being with the kids on the car ride to work. But occasionally I like to invite someone in who I know is going to speak into, let me be honest, our lives. And I have the opportunity to chat with someone who honestly, I don't know if everyone gets access to this level of knowledge experience, and just genuine, authentic, warm wisdom. I'm here with Dorana Elmi. She is the co-founder of Symbotica. And I know a lot of you already know about Symbotica because back when I said I was looking to round out my supplement journey, the amount of people who slid into my DM saying Symbotica is the way to go was just overwhelming. Well, because of that, you know, I love my research. I am so pleased to bring her in for this conversation. Now, I just want to let you know that this is not a conversation strictly about supplements because you can go anywhere for that. You know how I am and you know how I love to honor our time together. When I have a powerful, strong, accomplished woman with a heck of a story across from me, I'm going to ask her how she got here because we all need the fuel to keep going. So friends, I'm so excited to welcome Dorana. Dorana, thank you for being here. Thank you, Nicole. You're such a powerhouse yourself. So oh. it's such a privilege to be here to meet you. And I feel like I should be interviewing you. I could be learning a lot from what you do. Oh, my goodness. And mind y'all, she's saying all this, looking gorgeous, put together, hair curled right. And her kids, I bet you know where they are. I don't know where mine are right now. Do you know what I'm oh saying? Like, God. you are amazing. We could definitely be friends half the time. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I'm like one hour at a time. I can't even keep up with 
with all life has to offer. Yes. Oh, I get it. I get it. So before we dive into like all the work stuff and the stats, tell us about your babies. How old are they? And and what are their ages? All the good stuff. Yes. So I have two incredible daughters. Yasmin is 10 years old. Oh. 10 going on to 40. Yes. She's <laughs> very, very mature. My second daughter, Ariana, is eight and a half. And she's uh, probably about 33 right now. Her her spirit's about 33 years old. Love, love being a mom. Oh. They have redefined what success means to me. They've given my life purpose. And everything I do because of them and my incredible husband and my mother has given me intention. Like I live with intention. It's not just our company mantra, but everything is very intentional for me. Oh, do y'all hear this? I told you, Dorana is our people. Like she gets it because that is exactly how we all feel about our littles. You know, if there is a reason to do the work we do, it's because we've got these incredible legacies that we get the privilege of raising. So all that being said, eight and 10, that is quite the energy. I've got an 11 year old and uh, she turns 12 next week. I don't know if she's going to make it. I'm telling you, she's driving me crazy. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, she, she came out in a crop top and mini shorts to go to sixth grade and it was an event. We had a conversation. How are you managing having two littles, knowing that you've got to get work done, you've got responsibilities? What's it like momming every day? So, you know, it's a tough balance. When I was pre-kids, I was a corporate gal and I did that really well. Mm-hmm. Then I had children and I was like, what? is this this is an absolute shit show mm-hmm. i don't even know i can't even turn these kids off mm-hmm. it was the hardest thing i'd ever done in my life to be honest with you sure after becoming a mother my respect for moms went up a million folds because i'm like how do you do this and um for me to be honest i first remind myself that i am completely imperfect Good. Every single mm-hmm. day is not going to be how I plan it out to be. But I just try to be the best version of myself. And having two daughters who want to emulate everything that I do, mm-hmm. I'm very cautious. Most importantly, how I treat people. Oh, that's because so I think that if I can raise two daughters who are kind to themselves in terms of how they speak, of themselves, how they feel about themselves, and then they're kind to the people around them, and they're kind to the world, and they have the ability to think outside themselves, I believe that I can really make them rich in the character that they're going to be, and they'll live a real meaningful, purposeful life. Oh my goodness, y'all. Understand we are just at the beginning. I mean, like, so, so good, and so valuable. I think that's something that comes up a lot. And I want to kind of call out what we're hearing echoed from all the powerful ladies that we do chat with here. And we don't chat with a lot. I really don't say yes to a lot of interviews because I do want to make sure that if I share someone with, you know, my community, that I really understand their values and the product that they built. And and you are a great example of that, Dorana. And I think what you've shared here about giving yourself grace is something we all need to hear. We're going to be imperfect for sure, you know, and the idea about being present, you know, when you have a lot of things going on. So I want to ask you in a practical way, you know, I think that as moms, like you were saying in corporate, we think we have to do it all. You know, talk to me a little bit more about that. Do you have a team? Do you delegate? Have you learned how to, you know, have a support system? Or are you really doing it all? Like, give us the real. Because you look good today. You, you seem put together. You have this incredible business, which is your fifth. So 
What is the truth? You know, are you doing everything yourself? I think anyone that sits here or says that they do something all by themselves is full of shit. Preach, uh, preach, preach, preach. Are y'all hearing that? You, It is normal to feel crazy because you're not supposed to be doing it yourself. Yes. So I have an extraordinary team of women around me. So in my first off, I don't always look like this. I've got an amazing <laughs> glam team. Sure, uh, sure, sure. It is so hard. I, in college, I went to UCLA. I used to, I was a Mac girl. So I know full blown how to do makeup. That's why I was like, it's your skin, your skin's amazing. Because oh, my, my eye goes Thank right you. to people's skin. Thank their you. Makeup. So now I'm at a place where I'm like so tired. My mom's like, for the love of God, you have all this makeup, like put it on your face. And I'm like, I need it. I need it. <laughs> so I do. I have an amazing glam team that helps me with obviously hair and makeup. I had to get a personal trainer because mm. it holds me accountable. And I'm not afraid to say that. Mm -hmm. uh, when, like on the weekends, I, I figure out different workouts that for me, I love tennis. Mm -hmm. So I found my love and passion in tennis that makes holds me accountable to go work out. And I play tennis without realizing that I'm actually working out. That's actually really powerful. I hope y'all are hearing that, Mom Tips. If you can find something you love to do, it's both a treat, a stress reliever, and it can be exercise. Yes. So that's very good. And then on the work front, 70% of symbioticas make are women. And I am mm. incredibly proud of that. I love women. Uh, we shared, I shared with you earlier, I was born in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. So my love for women comes from such a deep place because when I think about what the women in Afghanistan are going through today, I'm reminded of how lucky and grateful that I am today, every day doing what I do, wearing what I wear, making the decisions that I make. And so if I can pave the way and help support other women around me, then I know that I'm really living a purposeful life. Mm. Uh, at work, these women are smarter than me, <laughs> You're so prettier generous. than me, I swear to God. And so I love surrounding myself with women that enrich my thoughts, move my emotion, and help me be a better person, help me think differently, help me show up, not just to work, but to everyone around me. So yes, I do have an amazing team of women around me. And I've got uh, a husband who's incredibly supportive. And the truth is, it's not easy. And I think we're very, very hard on ourselves because mm -hmm. society makes you, well, first off, you look, go on social media, right? And social media. Preach, tell it. Like everyone seems, people are eating pancakes in bed with their children and hosting whole photo shoots. Like, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> not <And> real life. <laughs> I feel like social media, it just really like, it can trigger an insecurity in you. So for me, it's like there's a very fine balance. I will put a post, like a few, and then I have to get off. I almost yes. have to detox from it. That's good. Because I don't want it to consume my thoughts or control my narrative of how I feel like I should look and feel. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, is, you know, you there's so many beautiful women out there. Mm -hmm. And there's so many levels of success so if you go onto social media, it almost makes you feel like you need to compare your life to other people. And the truth is you only need to compare your life to yourself. That's so good. I mean, that is so powerful. I think that comparison is part of what can be so difficult. I mean, even when you listen to these podcasts and you hear things like, well, I've got this team or I have this strong marriage. And it's so easy for us to be inspired at the same time as we compare within where we're like, 
well, maybe I can't do it because I don't have a great partnership or maybe I can't do it because I don't have a great team. But now I want to go back to the fact that you are from Afghanistan. I think that so many people hear this portion start comparing, but they don't understand that, you know, your chapter one did not look like this. So they're actually comparing to something that isn't really fair because you've done the work to get here. So let's go back as the child of immigrants myself, both my parents are from Ghana, West Africa. You know, I'm first generation. So I, it's not lost on me the incredible privilege that I have to have the options I do as an American citizen. And I'm grateful for them because I know that my future could look different. And it's part of why I work so hard and I run so hard and why I share so big. And I see that in you as well. So tell me a little bit about your background. I think it's something we relate on. How do you think that having, you know, a a background from Afghanistan inspires your work ethic and your appreciation for the life that you have? I was born in Afghanistan. I left when I was about three and a half months old. Obviously, I don't remember Afghanistan. Unfortunately and fortunately, I've never been back. Mm. Unfortunately, because of the circumstances today, I haven't been back, but I would love to one day go and and. That's my roots. That's culture. my bloodline. That's sure. where I'm from. Sure. Today I say, and I wholeheartedly mean this, I am so proud to be an Afghan-American because I'm very Americanized. Mm-hmm. But my mother has always taught me that in order to know where you're going in life, you must always remember where you've come from. Very good. And I've done a lot of philanthropy work in Afghanistan. I've built three schools there. My father was Incredible. very strict growing up because of the cultural and traditional differences and the vast mm-hmm. between the American culture and an Afghan or Middle Eastern culture. Very, very strict father. Mm-hmm. I, you won't believe this, but at the age of from 12 to, you know, 18, I could never go out. I was like Cinderella. Oh, oh, I believe that. My parents are African. So, you know, it's interesting because I think that, especially here in America, so many people don't realize how many overlaps they are. If you have old school parents where it's like, oh, we don't date. You know, that's not a thing. Or if you have those parents who are like, look, the door closes at eight. You got to be in. Mm -hmm. We actually share a lot culturally, more in common, I think, than people know. And same thing for me. You know, even though I did not grow up, I was born here, but my household was Ganyan, you know, and those were the rules that would, you know, run the household. Uh, My parents would literally say, you're not like these American children, eh? You I know? love that. You need to understand. They can do whatever they want, but you, you are African, eh? What do you need to do at the mall? And eh? what is at the mall for you? You don't need. What do you need to sleep over at someone's house? You have bed here. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, the, yeah, that yeah. was how I was growing up. That is the culture, right? So even though you are fully American in how yeah. you've been raised in your expo- three months, I mean, you were a baby. Yeah. You were raised, you know, as if you were in Afghanistan, you know, just different opportunities. So what was that like for you? Because shaping your your perspective around what you can accomplish when you are living in two worlds is very difficult to do. It warms my heart that you can resonate with that because most times people are like, what? So my closest friends um, know how dark my childhood was. Mm-hmm. I cried a lot, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. I was very sad as a child because... I couldn't understand my father, and he was very successful, very wealthy in Afghanistan, left everything because of the Russian invasion Mm -hmm. in 80, and came here. And so for him, it was even shocking. So he became an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And I have three brothers. My brothers could do anything. Like, they can bring girlfriends to the house. I couldn't do anything. And so when I would want to sit with my father and ask him why, 
Why can't I go out? Why you can't, can't even ask why, though. No. That's one more thing you can't yeah, do. I would, I would get, yeah. I would, I would physically get my ass kicked, mm, mm, and mm. that became very norm for me. So mm. I spent a lot of time with myself. I didn't. Re- so reflecting now as an adult, what I realized all that time that I spent with myself, lifting myself up, having that inner voice, mm-hmm. that was self love. Mm. And my mother used to always share with me. She says, you can self-destruct, and the only person you're going to hurt is yourself. You're not a victim in this life. This Mm. is just your life. This is just your story. Mm. So I never victimized myself for my childhood. I just remember that when I have the ability and the power to get out of this circumstance, I am going to do something powerful. That's right. I am going to make sure that my story can inspire a young girl. My father would never let me celebrate my birthday. And I've never, ever actually shared this. My closest friends know this about me because I, every year I throw a very, very big birthday. Mm-hmm. And I don't do it because I love throwing massive parties. Well, part of that, of course. Sure, party's a good time. But yeah. the truth is I do that because I was never able to celebrate my birthday. Mm-hmm. So all the nights and days that I would cry because my father wouldn't even acknowledge my birthday, I would say to myself, God, if you give me the strength to get through these days, one day I'm going to honor my breath. I'm going to honor my life. So that's the reason why I throw such massive birthday parties because it's my way of showing gratitude to God, to the universe, to my friends who have helped me through the journey. Yes. So life wasn't easy, but I think that at the end of the day, what you tell yourself determines your outcome. Oh, so good. So, so good. I want to touch on that because I actually, when I tell you the overlaps, y'all, I told you she's our people. Birthday blues are a thing. You know, there's nothing more awkward to me now as an adult when people are like, oh, like, I don't even want people to know because it's so awkward because I'm so used to not having birthdays. You know, don't call attention to yourself. We don't have money for that. You Mm -hmm. know, that's an American thing. You know, like that was kind of how I was raised. So I totally this this year's my first real birthday party that I'm going to throw like a big one for myself. So I get it. And I really want to call out here something that I think you may be in a unique place to speak on. And I talk about this, but, you know, for all my friends listening here, you know how sometimes you hear it from one person, but you got to hear it from another to know that this is really true. There is so much that comes from taking the time to talk to yourself the way that you deserve to be treated. And that is something you started doing when you were young. I didn't start doing this until honestly, maybe eight years ago with like a lot of therapy. I really started coaching myself around you know, even if you're scared, give it a shot. You know, would you do the same treatment? You know, would you beat yourself up if you were doing it to your children? No, you wouldn't beat your kids up over making a mistake. So why would you do that to yourself? You know, I really had to work hard on restructuring the way that I treated myself right down to wellness, you know, which we're going to get into in a minute, you know, because that's one of your your whole business. You know, I I wasn't even good to myself nutrition wise. Mm-hmm. But that said, you started doing that at a young age, which is such an incredible response to trauma. Has that been something you've called upon through motherhood, being a business owner in the day to day? Do you find yourself kind of coaching yourself through? Yeah, I, I want to mention something really interesting. When yeah. I was going through this trauma, I always listened to music. And mm. and now today, like music has become a really powerful way to heal yourself. Wow. So I love music. Even they say like like sounds, like different beats mm-hmm. help you through like your pain. 
and can help you like through anxiety. And I didn't know that, but I love music and music has been a big part of my healing and has been a big part of like who I am. I love music. That's in incredible. our home today, I wake up to music, I sleep to music. That's incredible. And so I think that people and individuals have to figure out what helps them kind of get through the pain. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was music. I also, at a young age, used to cut out pictures and magazines mm-hmm. to take away from my reality. And almost, again, it's called manifestation today. Sure, vision boarding. I, I mean, it's what people I, are doing, but you are you were doing this at a young age. I would take myself out of my sadness and my sorrow, and I would say, okay, I swear, I had posters. Like, mm-hmm. this is what my life will be like. This, And I would go into that. And so... I would think about it so much. I think I 100% manifested my husband. Mm-hmm. I've manifested my life. I used to have a credit card. It used to be the size of a credit card. And the one side had my three-year plan and the back side had my five-year plan. Incredible. And I believe that if you write it and you see it and you have it with you every single day, that is then real. you live and you work towards it. That's like a biblical, so I'm Christian, but that's a biblical principle. They say write it down and make it plain because there's real power in in tongue, in the word, you know. So a lot of times we keep things inside because we think it's safer than articulating it. But little do you know that is, you know, a plight, a tool of negative energy, right, you know, is, is telling you to keep it inside. You're saying that writing things down, making it visual actually helped you kind of wrap yourself around it so that you could actually make it real. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, incredible. So, so, I mean, this is all we could, I could literally probably talk to you forever about just that stage of your life, because I know that so much great work happened there to get you where you are today. So now you've built this incredible business. And it's interesting because on a lot of these podcast chats, y'all, people will start with, so you built this incredible business and you do all these things and then they go into the hardship I, I want to tell y'all right now, I like starting with the hard yeah. stuff because if you hear all the glitz and glamour, it can be difficult to believe that this hard stuff came first. And I want you to know, real mom, every day, tough background, nothing handed to her, had to do the same work that we're all doing, which is coaching ourselves and building a fan and again, actionable work to make it real. So I want to talk about the start of the Symbotica brand. So when you first start, was it just an idea? What was the problem you were trying to solve? So there are three founders at Symbiotica. Mm-hmm. It's my husband, myself, and Shervin. Okay. And the start of it was we were living in Atlanta at the time. that We were on our fourth, fourth business. My husband and I have realized we're very yin and yang. Yeah. He The things that he's great at, I am terrible at. Mm-hmm. The things that I am great at or good at or that I'm passionate about, is not his forte. Wonderful. So we But you have a foundation of trust. Yes. And that's a very big thing because y'all know I've talked about relationships plenty here. If you don't have the trust that each person will do the part that they say they will do, it's not gonna work if you're yin and yang. Yes. It won't. Yes, mm-hmm. very true. And that also applies to the folks that you hire and bring on in your work family. Mm, that's if you good. hire folks and you've hired them but you don't trust them you're better off letting them go. That's so good. You better hire people, trust them. 
you know, provide them with resources, tools, and then get out of their way and have that speed of trust. Oh, y'all, that is worth the price of entry right there. Write that down. That was a freebie. You're welcome. So getting, I love you. Yeah, it's true. So I mean, that is like literally we're talking business school right there in one sentence because someone right now listening is going to fire that assistant who is wasting their time and energy. So thank you for that. But circling back to the so there's three of y'all and you're starting it. And what did you just sit down and you're like, oh, you know, like we need better supplements or I mean, how does it? So, even start. So Shervin and my husband Shahab were high school friends. Oh, so wow. they had known one another. Mm-hmm. So they go way back. We were living in Atlanta. We came here to visit because we have a lot of family and friends from Orange County, LA, and we originally from Orange County. Mm-hmm. So we came out here. It was a kid's summer break. We had stayed rented a home and we're inviting all of our different friends that we haven't seen in so long. Mm-hmm. And my husband invites Shervin over. And at the time, I call it Symbiotica. because there was one product, it was called Omega. Mm -hmm. And Shervin's expertise is the science side of the business. He loves, he's incredibly great and passionate about producing formulations, products. That work and are high quality and all of that. And y'all, if you're not familiar with Symbiotica, the details will be in the show notes. It is worth checking out. If you are interested in supplements, if you have been using supplements, I just encourage you to take another look at what you're using versus what they're offering to make sure because there's a lot of evolution in the supplement world and Symbiotica is on the on the forefront of that. So just check it out. It's worth looking at. So I love this story just because literally people think they have to be like struck with a genius or have 15 degrees to come up with a great idea. And you're telling me like I was a mom hanging out with my friends, you know, out of town even with the kids. And we all got together and sat down and we started kind of noodling the first version because it's not perfect the first time. No, it's not. Many lessons. Many lessons. Mm -hmm. And so when we sat back and, you know, kind of talked about, well, what does the infrastructure of the company look like? Mm -hmm. There was none. Mm. Um, Again, because it just wasn't his passion. Like, he's like, I'm just a guy trying to make great products. Like, what do you mean infrastructure? But that's my husband's and I, that's our forte. We come from a corporate background. I worked at T-Mobile, AT&T. He worked at AT AT&T as well. And so that's like our bread and butter. That's how Mm -hmm. we, we know how to build, scale, the importance of infrastructure, people, culture. So he said, hey, you know, we should join forces because we all bring something so different to the table. Mm-hmm. It aligned with our values personally mm-hmm. at the time and still today because after having two daughters, I had to reevaluate what success meant for me. Yes. Don't we all, right? Do we even want it at all at yeah. the expense of our family? That's right. something we all have to ask ourselves. Well, in corporate America, success was for me at the time was defined by my salary, my title, mm-hmm. and how many bags I had. That's right. That's right. I had no children. I'm yep. like, yeah, I'm just accumulating things. Mm-hmm. And I had no work-life balance. Mm-hmm. So the minute I had some time off, I was doing some retail therapy. For sure. For and sure. after having daughters, I sat back with my husband and I'm like, what? Do, like, what's my story once these girls get old enough? That's good. Like, mom's super cool. We never see her, mm-hmm. but she's got a lot of bags. Mm-hmm. And I said to Shahab, I said, you know, we've got to redefine our stories. This isn't our legacy. We've learned a lot here, built incredible mentors, you know, made a lot of money, mm-hmm. great investments on the mm-hmm. side, but this can't be it. Oh, can we just pause for a second on this can't be it? Because I've talked about this a lot where 
I just want to battle against what we're hearing so much in the world, which is, oh, you're lacking money. Oh, you're lacking this. And I don't want to minimize money is a beautiful tool. It is so nice to have options. It's a great gift and you all deserve it. Okay, that is 100 percent true. But it is not everything. And I have not met a single person who has made millions who hasn't said to themselves at some point, this can't be it. And I and I've said it, you know, you're saying it now. And I just want to call that out to let you know that if you are starting from the beginning, keep that in mind because you will come to this question as well. So here you are saying like, you know, we know what it's like to make money through corporate. We know what it's like to have this stuff. We want to build something that allows us to also honor the life that we want to have and also leave a great impact in the world. And that's what happened here. Yeah. The times where I made my the most money, it was the moments that I was most miserable. Mm, that's good. That's yeah. good. It, it's a very like honest discussion that are, you know, like an mm-hmm. honest moment you have to have with yourself. It's tough. A lot miserable. of people don't. A lot of people don't. I was miserable. I was, I, I, I didn't like the person I worked for. They didn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And I lived a life just like going through the motions. Yes. Like I just got to show up to work. Yes. So for us, we had uh, a lot of, you know, we had done well financially. And at this point, what my husband and I wanted was we wanted to own our time back because we didn't own time. Mm-hmm. Corporate America owned our time. That's and that's right. OK. That works for some. And there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing because wrong with it. for some people, that structure yeah. affords you the life that you want to have. And let's not minimize benefits. You know, I can appreciate not wanting to worry about you know, navigating benefits and those things when you have a kid who has, you know, health conditions or whatever. But there's also something to be said for always having a source of revenue, even on the side that you control. I always encourage that for everyone. And, you know, call that an immigrant's, you know, perspective, but you always want to have your own money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so at the time when we didn't have children, corporate America was great for us. Yep. But after having children, the First steps my daughter Yasmin took, I remember the nanny sending me a message saying your daughter took her first steps. And I was like, it till this day, it like makes me want to cry because I'm like, I mean, if you really reflect back on what matters, it's that it's those moments. Can't pay for those back no matter how much money you made. I get it. Even though, again, grace to the mamas, some of Mm -hmm. us have to work and we understand it. But the truth is, if you had a choice, we all know where we would be. Yeah. So. It was at that small table, you know, that it was like, hey, we all have something to lend to this. We're going to build this thing out. We're going to make it happen. And it's really exciting because, I mean, the product suite that you have at Symbiotica is impressive, you know. And I know it started with, you know, one product that you've grown and scaled as you're, you know, engaging with the market. My personal favorite thing about the company, as I'm a corporate consultant, that's my background. The thing that I love about the company is their approach to supplements. You know, the way that they've innovated the delivery of supplements is what really makes it stand out. So for y'all who are like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Most vitamins and supplements come in pill form. And that's very challenging. I'll just say for me, you know, I get these. And you, yeah, right. You know, like I, I hear it all the time. The last thing I want, especially as I've aged, is to take 15 pills, you know, to get the wide range of pure, clean, you know, vegan products that I need. You guys do this thing called liposomal technology, and I don't need to get into all the nuances, and frankly, none of us care. We care about how it works with our life, right? Liposomal technology basically means it's like a gel. It's a liquid form. It Mm -hmm. has the highest absorption rate, so your Mm -hmm. body 
absorbs it like it's food. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it was when we first, like, sorry, if I could just take a quick step back. No, of course. I think it's important when you get into a business to really understand the landscape mm. and understand the competitive landscape. So for us, all, we 100% believed in, yes, there is such a lack of this in the industry. Mm-hmm. We looked at the competitive landscape, and really there was none. There, I have no never seen it before. As being transparent, no one is creating products with no synthetics, no fillers, mm-hmm. all organic, and just being completely authentic and you know transparent in terms of how they're making their products. For us, it was like we're onto something. For sure, the world is lacking this, mm-hmm. and again, it aligned with our values. So then we looked at, again, the competitive landscape and said, well, everyone has this in pill form. And for me, I've got a palate of a child. Yep, same. I take the slightest thing, you know, my my, my tummy hurts. Mm-hmm. So we were like, there is no supplements today that is in a liquid form that's really filling, that's bridging the gap, not, not bridging the gap, but is fulfilling the gaps in your modern diet. Mm-hmm. And we are going to do that. So we started out, then that was Symbiotica 2.0 is what I like to call it. And so then we started out, we built an infrastructure first Mm -hmm. and foremost, because most people think and they look at the success, but every single time we were profitable, we were successful, we took that money and we poured it right back into the business. That's right. That's right. So we built infrastructure. We brought in our fulfillment Mm in-house. Then we, so fulfillment for anyone, I apologize, I say that, but, you know, we were using a third-party logistics company that were fulfilling our orders. Yep. And there was a lot of lot of issues. Delays, lack Delays, of control, yeah. all those things. Yep. So we said, you know what? We've got to bring in our fulfillment in-house. So we opened our own warehouse. Which is very risky, just to let you all know. Risky. as It is a bold move in business to say that you're going to do in-house fulfillment because inventory management can be a killer that literally can sink your business if you aren't ordering the right amounts, if you aren't shipping out at the right time. I have a lot of business owners who are listening right now who can understand and relate to that. And, um, you know, but what I want to call out more than anything is it's a choice that every company actually has has to make if they are product-based at some point. And there's no getting around it. You will look at your inventory and you will say, I have to bring this in-house to generate the right revenue and to scale. And so for those of you who are listening, who are of the business standpoint, uh, it's a bold move. But if you make the right choices on the front end, you'll feel confident in your numbers. You know, you'll still feel scared because it's always scary. Always scary. Always scary. But it is the right move. So that was bold. And that speaks to sort of the team that you had around you for you all to be able to say, we're going to take this next big leap. Yeah. And we also brought in our customer experience Mm in-house, which, again, very, very costly to do, especially Mm -hmm. in California. And people management. Oh, my goodness. Just like headaches. You know what I mean? When you're just managing people. We always reflect on the fact that we went from a company that was, you know, two people to today we're almost at 100. Incredible. And so we brought everything in-house. We brought in tech in-house. We brought in marketing in-house. And I think that's very, very important is that you've got to invest in yourself. Mm. And for all the business owners that are listening, if you're getting into a business to make money, I believe you're getting in for the wrong reasons. That's right. You've got to get in because you're passionate about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. There's a purpose that you're trying to fulfill. Then the money will come. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, you've got to be prepared to fail. Yes, 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 yes. Because it's not, it's, you're gathering data around winning when you fail, you know, and so that's a big one. So, I mean, you entered the market with this new product and I'm excited. I know that I happen to know the Symbiotica story, so I'm going to uh, lead you into something that I want them to hear. 
I'm sure that the minute you entered the product, you just took off and everybody want, wanted one and you were in every store and everyone loved you and you were the greatest company in the entire world and everything was perfect and you made millions of dollars. Not at all. <laughs> really surprise you know the internet doesn't make it seem that way right so so I want to know can you just let all the people out there right now who are saying this is crazy I'm trying every day I'm knocking down doors I feel like I'm the only one how did it really happen we failed a lot Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that every time you fail the answer is you just haven't come up with a solution that's right that's right And so we failed a lot. The one thing is we've all stuck together and we believe in each other. We believe in each other's strengths. We continue to invest in the um, in the infrastructure and the team. When COVID happened, everyone regressed their businesses, Mm -hmm. started shutting down their offices. We doubled down and said, we believe in ourselves. That's right. Let's go all in. And we opened even a larger office and said, we're going to build greater teams within each department today. You know, people ask us, are you in, you know, this particular store? And Mm -hmm. although it sounds really glamorous to be in every store, you have to make decisions that, A, are true to your brand. Mm -hmm. Um, B, you have to make sure that you can, you know, support that distribution, that you have the cash flow because we're self-funded. That's right. To if, you know, if it doesn't, if your products don't move, you're going to have to buy that back. That's exactly right. And a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. So I just want to let all of you know that, you know, it's a flex on the internet. People are like, oh, we are in a hundred targets nationwide. You may not know if you've never worked with a consultant that Target has one of the strictest buyback policies. And sometimes the deal to buy it back is at a discount. So you can actually post a loss and get your inventory back and not be able to sell it. So, you know, that's not always the biggest flex. You may want to be, if you're, especially if you're self-funded, aware of your distribution. E-commerce can be a great place to start. Yeah. So we're, you know, primarily D to C mm-hmm. and we've launched about a month or so ago. We had a soft launch at, in Dubai. Wow. And, you know, we're in Canada, we're in Australia and we plan to go into Europe soon. But we're very, very methodical in terms of where we go because it's, it sounds great to be in all these places, but you have to make sure that you have an infrastructure to support that market. Yes. You have to have the infrastructure to support wholesale. And every single experience in terms of our customer, if we've got a wholesaler, that's our customer. Mm-hmm. If we've got Target, that's our customer. We're not in Target. Yeah, but right. Saying. But as an example, yep. So you've got to make sure that you're delivering the same experience as you are D2C. So for us, if we can't support that channel, we will hold off until mm-hmm. we know it's the right time for us. Mm-hmm. Again, because sometimes too fast of a growth can Not take you backwards. Yeah, so, okay. I know that we've had a ton of time here, but there's so much in what you're saying, and I hope everyone's hearing it. You you are literally a wealth of knowledge because you are tucking in gems for life right here with Gems for Business. You know, you don't always want fast growth. You want sustainable growth. Sustainable growth yes. Sometimes we have to say no to opportunities we're not ready for because I'm sure you guys get offers from large corporations, but it does not make sense if it doesn't fit into your strategy. Yes. You're also sharing that intentionality matters again. And that is the thing I kind of want to close on because I have noticed that whether it is your life, you know, the things you survived when you were younger and, and how you took that pain and trauma and applied it to your future or your business, the choices and changes and pivots you made for your personal success and and private goals, intentionality and strategy and structure are things that are the same 
everywhere. You're always intentional about everything you do. Can you just leave us with sort of, I hate to put the pressure on the one gem, right? You know, but for the for the woman out there who's saying to herself right now, I feel like my life is taking over. I feel like it's not my own. You know, every day I'm kind of running an autopilot. I feel like I need a fresh start. I feel like I've lost myself. You know, I'm working the corporate job. I'm clocking in, but it's it's killing my soul, you know, yeah. and I'm serving these babies. Where is one place I can get more intentional and and take back a little bit of my life and my dreams? Where should I start? Self-love. Mm. Self-love for me is very important because I feel like it's the foundation to how you do anything and everything. And I have a lot of girlfriends that say, I don't have the time to do something. And I say, you're wrong. You haven't made it important. It hasn't become a priority for you. Mm. It's not important enough. So for me, if there's something, an aspect of your life where you're like, gosh, you know, my, I'm not happy with my career. You gotta, I always say, take a step back. Are you happy with yourself personally? Mm. Make those changes first. Because if you are happy from within and you feel good, you feel empowered, you are able to conquer anything that comes your way. Y'all. When I tell you, you can skip church on Sunday, this was a whole sermon, okay? I mean, come on, Rana with the fire, okay? I'm over here revved up, y'all. Like, I could do laps around this building. So I am so grateful that you came in today, not just to speak to into those of us who have businesses. You know, you spoke into our little entrepreneurial souls, but to the mamas out there, you know, reminding us that we're worthy and yeah. we should love ourselves because we're showing up big every single day. Every and day. As beautiful and wonderful and accomplished as you are, thank you for coming in here being real. I mean, there's not enough of that. And, you know, I think a lot of people tend to judge a book by their cover mm -hmm. and they forget that we're all so much more than that. And your realness is not lost on me. So, Dorana, thank you for being here. Thank you, Nicole. What a pleasure. I love your energy. Oh, I'm like, thank can I you. bottle up your energy? I mean, oh, it's, my goodness. it's unbelievable. Look, if we can figure out how to do it, but until then, there's symbiotica. Oh, you're the best. <laughs> thank you so much for all your love and support. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Another great chat. Oh, I love spending time together. Now I need you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review because I love hearing from you. And then come hang out with me on Instagram at Nicole Walters. I'll be back here next week and I hope you are too. See you there, friend. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.